Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Evening Church, how you doing? Welcome panel, cheers, great to be here. Someone asked me during the week, why are you guys having food on Sunday night? I said, because we asked for it, so that's what happens around here. Hey, massive welcome to our panel uh, tonight. Obviously, on the very end, Mr. Michael Parther, who, uh, of, along with leading our MYA here, is also, during the week, is in the mining industry, which is pretty cool. Yes, it is. Yeah, Very spending cool. lots of money for, of other people's. Oh, that's what we do as a poaching team. That's exactly what we have to do. All good, Go all good. And now, uh, Mr. Tom Fullerton, you're in the final year of teaching degree. Yeah, that's correct. And getting a lot of experience in high schools with Red Frog seminars at the moment, which has been really cool. Yeah. 145 seminars this year, by the way, everyone. How good is that? 145 seminars, 20,000 young people. It's amazing. You guys are doing a, a massive job with that. And we've got Renee Blandon, who's the environmental scientist for the WA government. Very fancy. <laughs> no <comment. What? laughs> yes, How good is that? Very good. I, I think it's really cool. Saving the world. Yep. One water thing at a time, isn't it? Correct. Something like that. And Colton, they tell me that you're a game designer, not a gaming designer, because it's yes. different. Yes. Game How? It's playing video games, and I make video games. So. Oh, but surely there's an element of playing them at the same time. Not as much as you'd hope. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and Marty Williams, along with your awesome husband, Thor, lead our youth here, which is great. And also you're a high school teacher. So um, that's always a lot of fun for your students, I'm sure. No? I reckon you'd be so cool. Okay. <laughs> How cool would it be you rock up to English and like Marty is your teacher? I just reckon it'd be really cool. Anyway. No? Do you teach English? What do you teach? A certificate in business. Oh, same, same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's exactly yeah. the same. So um, let's uh, obviously sound my conference last weekend was absolutely amazing and we had lots of questions come through on the panel and things like that and um, if you missed out... The podcasts are available. Uh, some of them are only available for a couple of weeks just to some of the things we've had to abide by with that. But that's all good. Make sure you jump on our app uh, and you can listen to those um, at any time. Already, I know for me, um, I've been hearing stories about people that were massively impacted uh, by the conference. I had someone stop me uh, this morning after the service and said, you know, from the panel on Saturday and for some of the things that were said uh, and some of the comments that were made actually gave her the courage to go and see her GP this week and actually start a mental health plan uh, for her life. And so that's really exciting. I'm sure there's heaps and heaps of other stories that have been, uh, that were people's journey started uh, because of Soundmind Conference. So a massive thank you to all of you for uh, believing in us, but also supporting the vision of Metro Church uh, to equip and empower people as well, which I think is really cool. But um, let's um, get to know these guys a little bit better. And uh, we might start down this end, ladies first. Rene, uh, Maria. <laughs> yeah, this end. <laughs> What's like one word to describe you or like a life motto you have or something like that? I asked my kids for one word and they gave me horrible words. So I'm going to go with the life motto. <laughs> yep, okay. And it would be, um, if not love, then what? Oh. It's on a hat I have. Yeah. That's cool. All right. Colton, what about you? What's one word or, or your life motto? Uh, yeah, my life motto would be people will notice a big splash, but a consistent current is what shapes nations. <laughs> yeah, that, um, wow. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, Renee, 
I would have expected something like that from you. Seems you do a lot of stuff with water, but <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Actually, mine's very simple. Love always wins. Great. Very very cool. Tom, what about you, mate? Uh, I went with just the one word. I went with ambitious. Okay. Great. Very good. For me, it's uh, what lies in front of you and what lies behind you is nothing compared to what lies within you. And when you let out something, uh, let out what's within you, miracles happen. Gosh. Okay. Well, I'll just have the benedict- benediction and go home after all that. That's awesome. What about, um, what about Michael? What's your favourite holiday destination or what's on your bucket list is like where you would love to go on a holiday? So we're already ticked this off. Uh, I love Norway. Like, I love Norway. I remember going to Norway in 2015, I think it was, uh, as a school field trip uh, for geology. Um, yeah, we went to Kent Street. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was amazing. We, we went up this mountain and uh, it wasn't snowing all month apparently. And just when we got there, it started snowing. And it was just so incredible. Uh, and the scenery and the mountains. And so, yeah, Norway will be the destination to go. Very expensive, but it's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Me? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, my favourite destination, I love going back, to, back home to Albany. Uh, just having the family there, it's I can go down there and just switch off, and they just do everything. They prov- they feed me, <laughs> they do all my washing, and then I can just go out for walks on the beach. And there's there's so much to do if you like outdoor stuff in Albany. So, yeah, I love going back home. It's great. That's so good. Uh, one of my favourite places is Karajini. Okay. Yeah, I just love that it's just so big and you feel so small when you're there and there's just so much wonder and it's away from everyone and everything and it's yeah. great. Oh, it's amazing. Hey, some of those gorges are unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, my favourite destination is my back veranda on a Saturday afternoon when it's very sunny and I just mowed the lawn and I'm having a drink of some sort <laughs> and uh, I can just smell the cut grass and it's just really good and I can admire my handiwork and yeah, it's great. That's please tell me, please tell me you have a hills hoist. Uh, not yet, no. Oh. I, do, I do have like a in between two trees a washing line there. Okay, but, yeah. yeah. Just the hills hoist, that would just set that right off. Yeah. Okay, well, after that, geez. Um, I was going to say Japan, to okay. be honest. Yeah, yeah, my husband and I went. It was part of our honeymoon and oh my gosh. Like, Did you go skiing? No. I skiing is amazing in Japan. We could have, but our entire trip was really around like... Cars, <laughs> but it was. <laughs> but it was Welcome good, it was to the good. rest of your life. Yeah, no, it was. It was honestly awesome, and yeah. everything from like streetwear to food to like people. Everyone was so kind, and we saw some. We saw street drifting. If anyone cares, that's some freaking amazing. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so where can you believe it? The Sound My Conference was a week ago. Like, it feels like so much has happened since then. But it also felt like it was yesterday that we were up here and a part of all this as well. But, um, you know, there were so many different speakers. Obviously, Dr. Robbie was here and it was amazing. But has anyone, like, taken a tool or something that they learned at conference and already put it into practice? And maybe you want to share? Yeah? Uh, for me, Hayden, it was actually on the Sunday. So, boat services. Um, Dr. Robbie spoke about spiritual wisdom and then also he spoke about apologetics. So I felt like those two actually tied in really well together because what he did was he actually dug into the Bible and that for me was like, oh, okay, if I actually explore what this text means and if I actually look into 
uh, the historical figures and what they actually really went through in that time, I yep. can actually like get so much more out of it. So for me, uh, as I'm reading the Bible now, I'm like, oh, okay, so what does this mean? Like, why did go Peter go into the water? Like, why did he go in there? Like, what's this happening? Why is this going on? And then linking scriptures from the Old Testament to New Testament is like that for me has been so impactful and it's actually already helping my just, just my life in general and going, hey, God, you're speaking through every single scripture and I'm ready to listen now. So that for Great. me was incredible. Amazing. Amazing. Anyone else? Um, I got a little bit from, actually it was from your breakout session. Um, <laughs> top yeah. marks, Tom. Po- top no, marks. But, um, Five stars. Yeah, and a tip. And a tip. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll take the tip. Um, Tom's an Uber driver. If, yeah. yeah. Well, it's actually been something I've applied in that setting. So it's been on not letting anything shock you when people open up to you. Yeah. And so just being able to apply that and it just helps like create a place where people feel safe and comfortable if they want to open up to you so that you can actually help them in whatever wow. way they need. Awesome. Got you, man. That's great. Yeah, so I sat through the breakout session with Isra and um, Cassie and Dave spoke about, you know, uh, creating a growth mindset, which is something I was able to implement kind of in the classroom from like, you know, creating up posters with really like growth mindset statements, talking to my kids and when they kind of come back or, you know, try at something and they don't, they succeed the first time choosing to speak through a growth mindset perspective and using the vocabulary to get them in a place where they, you know, fail well, which is what the breakout session was called, and just to encourage them to be better. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, for you, Marty, what was the best thing about conference? Um, the panel, yeah. which is ironic because I was obviously running it. but <laughs> Which Marty did a legit job of running the panel. It was yeah. a very good moderator. Right. Uh, but <laughs> seriously, everything I heard from there was just ridiculous, like... Everyone has so many different perspectives from, you know, Beyond Blue to Youth Alive directors to you, amazing Hayden, you know, like it was just ridiculous, like it was just so amazing and so many practical things and they were getting so honest and I think like that really showcased so much of their development and how we can all be better as well. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Colter? Is there a highlight from last weekend? Yeah, mine's the panel as well. Yeah? Um, yeah, that could have gone, like, the whole day, and I would have been impatient that, to be honest. <laughs> and, yeah, just to kind of reiterate what Mario was saying, just how real everybody got. Like, it, I really, like, appreciate, like, how everybody, how vulnerable everybody was and how they opened up. And they just, like, gave just real practical stories, anecdotes, and advice just on all the questions. And yeah. it was, yeah, it was really cool to see. That's cool. Yeah. Anyone else got a highlight? I have two. That's all right. That's totally fine. <laughs> My first one for anyone that was there was Leanne's dancing. Oh. That was definite <laughs> highlight. And my second one was not necessarily at the conference, but afterwards the conversations that are opened up, like at work on Monday morning when people ask, what did you do on your weekend? And it just opens up a really open conversation about mental health and just makes it something that's really normal to talk about. So. Wow. Mm. Great. Uh panel was incredible. That was, that was right up there. Uh, but also one of the breakout sessions, Andrew Williams, Andrew and Ashley Williams, they ran a toxic relationships, um, like a seminar breakout session. And that was just incredible because straight after the actual session itself, a lot, of, literally every single person in the room came up to them and said, hey, I needed that. That was for me. And they actually got to pray with each other and it was just incredible. People were in tears because it was just, it was so real and so open. I love that about that. So that was a big highlight. Yeah. Maybe we'll take uh, the next one to you, uh, Michael, for this one. You know, 
I think busy has become a cool thing and everyone trying to be yeah. busier than everyone else and let's compare calendars and diaries about who, whatever. Yeah. But like sometimes it's actually just life where there's, life is full and there is actually lots going on. So when it's like that for you, what, what do you do? Where do you go? How Do you go get away? What, yeah. What's kind of your plan to kind of reset and go, right, what's next? I have Saturday's my day. Like uh, my family, whole family knows this. Most of my friends actually know this. Saturday is one day in the week that I literally do nothing. And it's me waking up at 12 a.m., 12 p.m., not a.m., not waking up at 12 a.m. And literally watching Netflix, like watching like Friends or something like that. And it's just super chilled, super relaxed, and it's literally just me just chilling out. And that's my my go-to place, and that's where I rest. Yeah. Yeah. Renee, have you got a strategy? I do have a strategy Great. <laughs> for when things get very overwhelming. Yeah. I go to the beach and particularly I love going to the dog beach because I don't have a dog but then I can look at everyone else's dog because <laughs> it makes me so happy. So that's my happy place. Yeah. Anyone else want to share what they do? I go to the skate park. Not to watch, but to actually skate. <laughs> um, yeah, just having something physical and something where I can't look at my phone and yeah. where I'm kind of setting my own goals and setting my own expectations and not, like, getting away from other people and stuff like that as well. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah I just think it's really neat. So, yeah. Cool. Okay. So, in our house, I have my own room. So, like... Okay. Um, it's like, okay, well, we have a lot of clothes. So, first of all, I needed my own room for my clothes. Um, but then it's just my room. So, it's everything in there that kind of makes me. And it's all my artwork and, like, all my special plants and, you know, my furry rug. And are they, all my, are these like, from your... These are all my plants. Are these from your room, your special They're, room? This one and that one's from my room. The other ones are from outside. Do we need to talk to it? So, you don't have to. Like, does they don't know name? you. So has it got a name? It, it doesn't, doesn't but it, like, <laughs> it might feel invaded like, by you. Just... Oh, you know, okay. Just like, just... They know me. They don't know you. Like okay. Thor's not that I talk to my plants because he's just a bit <laughs> negative sometimes. <laughs> but you know, I go to my, my room and I just sit there on the ground and I listen to my music and I just everything around me is of me. Like it's yeah. it's all my special stuff. It makes me feel like safe. So I like just sitting in my room. Yeah. Sorry, Tom. Did you have something about what you do? I mean, it's it's pretty similar to what a lot of these guys said, but I just need to disconnect in that time. So yeah. Um, just doing something that keeps my mind active, whether that's playing guitar, watching something on Netflix. Um, but one thing is if I am watching something on TV or whatever, I have to put my phone away and not have that there because um, texting while you're doing that and whatnot, it just it doesn't disconnect and you don't switch off in that time and you don't get any further rest. Totally, so, yeah. yeah. Obviously some of the conversations last weekend was around mental health and, but also mental illness and things like that. Maybe like, because that's kind of a bit of a, a mind shift, especially for the, the uh, language we see around the place and even advertising and the way that, that this uh, stuff is kind of talked about because we kind of, yeah. But do you want to describe that in your own words, Tom? Um, the difference? The difference. Well, it, it was a bit different from what you normally get to start off with. Um, like with a lot of the things that I've been exposed to around mental health, it is talking about mental illness. It's talking about how to address that and what you can do in that situation and to have a conference where we're actually talking about how to strengthen ourselves from a point where we're already okay or just building what is already there regardless of where it's at. I think that's, that's an important conversation to have and important tools to be able to learn. Yeah. Anyone else want to chime in on that one? 
Oh, okay, great, excellent. <laughs> well done, Tom, because you answered us so well, mate. You know, Dr. Robbie talked uh, about community and commonality, which I think everyone just kind of went, whoa, mind blown. But, you know, what is, what is the importance of community for you? Maria, do you want to okay. kick it off? Awesome. So, in regards to family and friends, um, in regards to family and friends regarding commonality versus community, I do think that there is a distinct difference, but at the same time, sometimes our commonalities can lead to a community. But I think we need to be wise with how we choose our commonalities and, and who we choose to build communities with. Like, for instance, your family is somewhere you will naturally have a commonality with because they're your family and, um, you know, they're blood. But then not all family members are actually good for community with you because not all of them are positive and not all of them will, you know, share your mindsets or even be able to encourage your mindsets when they're different. Um, and, you know, I, f I feel like that definitely applies in my life and even with your friends, you know, finding the right people to build community with and then the other ones who you're feeding into and the other people who are feeding into you. Like, there's, I feel like there's segregations to what type of community you're building and how it affects you personally. Yeah. What about you, Colton? Where do you, your community around connect groups and stuff mm. like that, how do you, how do you yeah. build into that? It's just, yeah, so important because when you think about growth and growing and things like that, like growth only happens when you're in a good environment, right. essentially. And that's what kind of having a connect group is, is being intentional about being in an environment where you can grow. And yeah, and it's really, really cool to kind of see like, I've been like kind of helping run these connect groups for a few years now. Mm. And it's really kind of cool to see like people come in, including myself, and they're coming in to grow. They're coming in to take something for themselves to grow. And then as they progress, and all of a sudden now they're sowing and they're helping other people grow. And you don't necessarily stop. So it's people just feeding into each other and you yeah. get this exponential culture yeah. essentially getting established as well. And when that culture like has a goal of exploring the love of Jesus and seeing how it's real to our lives, like it's a really, really cool and amazing thing to see as well. Yeah. So, yeah. That was awesome, man. If you are not in a Connect group after that, I think you should be. Um, and you can visit our Connect Hub uh, after the service. They can definitely connect you uh, with a, a either a Connect group that is similar interest or Bible study or something like that where you can continue to build around the community. What about you, Tom? Like, obviously, Red Frogs is a pretty big part of your world and your life. What's, how's that helped you? Yeah, um, I mean, what I've noticed there is because of the fact that everyone's there for the same goal, everyone is there to impact the next generation for good and for God. And just seeing the power that it brings when they're all working together for the same goal, all connecting over the same like core beliefs, um, it's, it's real powerful. Yeah. It's awesome to see that. And you don't see that when there isn't something strong that brings them together yeah. uh, and unites them. So, yeah, yeah. I just thought that's, as far as Red Frogs is concerned, seeing that big core belief underneath it and seeing the, the actual goal and purpose um, yeah, it's just really awesome to see it in action. It's pretty cool. Great. What about you, Michael? Commonality versus community. <laughs> if I was to be so bold, Hayden, to say this, um, but I think commonality is the biggest thing in the church. Um, and, you know, sometimes we can feel like we can go, oh, yeah, where do you know each other from? Oh, we go to church. Uh, and so often... Like, we connect with people. So commonality gets us to connection. Community builds leaders. And for us, we need to always be growing. And so some, I had someone this week um, and really good friends and stuff. Uh, but 
they were sharing about their life. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know that about you. Like, they were going through so much, but it can be, feel like sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, they're fine. They're completely fine. That's why there's community. That's why you need to build community. And so often, and sometimes in church, we can miss that. Uh, and we're like, oh, yeah, we, we just go to church together. But the importance of community is so, so, so important. Yeah, yeah it's that. Make sure it's not too familiar, hey, where yeah. there's actually that vulnerability yeah. and that yeah. level of relationship yeah. and things like that. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, you know, I guess in media and pop culture and things like that, there's lots of chatter about um, work-life balance and professional life versus work life and uh, – sorry, personal life versus work life. How do you manage that? How do you find what works? Um, so I've actually learned a few things from you again on this one, Hayden. But <laughs> You can come back anytime. Yeah. No, um, I'm yeah. Yeah. I'm not a good example of work-life balance. <laughs> For me, this is one that I actually tend to let go a little bit, and sometimes I do let it get a bit over the top of me and so having to actually set aside a schedule and schedule in time for myself and time for my personal life as well as time for the work things um, and then sticking to that schedule um, not being you got to be a little bit flexible but you can actually add that into your schedule as well um, yeah yeah I yep. think that's important for me yep diaries and schedules what about you Colton how do you figure that bit out um barely <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I do most of my work from home, so okay. it just meshes together. And yeah. it shouldn't, but it does. Yeah. But, yeah, like Tom was saying, like, being intentional about the times that you spend on things. And one big thing for me as well is, like, setting what they call, like, smart goals. It's like we have all these grand visions of what we want to accomplish, but breaking them down to the actual tangible things that take a chunk of our day and we could actually set out, okay, this is going to take three hours, I'm going to spend three hours on this, and then that'll be it. So yeah, so setting out intentional time slots and trying to honor those, but also honoring the time that you set aside for yourself and as well with other with friends and family and stuff like that as well. So making sure you're keeping up with those commitments and as well being assertive with others as well about that. If I'm working from home, that's my time. That doesn't mean I'm free to run your errands or anything like that. So yeah, so um, that's another big section that I'm currently working on in my life. So yeah. Yeah, cool. Mads? So when I started Prac the first time, um, I realised it was getting really unhealthy very quickly because teaching is a really big job. And I think when you are starting out, you don't really trust yourself as much as you probably should. Um, and so I would come home and then I'd do work all the way to like midnight and then I'd go to sleep and then I was too tired. And I, and I kept doing that and I realised after my first Prac that I was just running myself dry. So for my second Prac, which was like my last one anyways, um, I literally just said, that's it. Like I'm cutting it off. I'm going to, the moment I leave work is the moment I leave work. Um, and so it did mean that I had to make sacrifices. So in some days I might stay later than others, but it did mean that every time I left my school, like I literally did not do any work. At, like at home, I don't do any work on the holidays, which is pretty crazy for most teachers. Um, I don't do any work because I do it all there. And so it did mean that I needed to whip myself when I was at work and I didn't have time to procrastinate. I had to use all my dot times really wisely. But then when I left work, my mind was completely free to do everything else. But in saying all that, the only reason I do leave it and I leave it fulfilled is because, number one, I know God called me to it. So that security tells me, like, yeah, I've got this because God believes I got this. But then also, um, I, I, I always try to put everything I've got in my day. Like, I give everything to my kids in the day that I see them so that when I leave, I never think, could I have done more or could I have responded better? I just go, look, I did the best that I could every single day. I can leave that knowing that I did the best and that I, you know, I asked for guidance and 
I followed it when I heard it and, you know, like that kind of stuff. So it's really just like trusting. I feel like trusting yourself to segregate. And once I leave, I'm like happy to hang out with everyone, you know, and I do spend time with a lot of people. If you see my Instagram story, you obviously know, like, um, you know, and, and I think if you don't, if you let it mesh together or you let it consume your mind, even if you don't do it, it's not healthy. And so, yeah. Very good. Very good. Michael, how do you do it? Uh, in terms of work life, there's uh, a personal life. I switch off completely. As soon as I get in the car from work, I'm not thinking about work whatsoever. Like, I have this switch that goes off. I wasn't intentional, but I realised what it was. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm already doing it. Um, so that's for me, that's exactly what it is. I switch off completely. And I'm working on it, though. Like, it's a big journey. But everything these guys said. Yeah. Renee, have you got any tips? Great. <laughs> Take it away. Um, this has probably been like a really big part of my life in general is finding a balance between life and work from the moment I started work, I guess. It has been a very big journey. Um, like when I started work several years ago coming out of uni, I just got so overwhelmed by the fact that I was no longer a uni student and I was now working, but I also had my personal life as well. And I got, I think, really caught up in what all the, like all those things defining me, that I was an environmental scientist, that I was someone that went to church, and I was letting all this stuff sort of pull me in all different directions, and I couldn't seem to find a balance between all of it. And, like, as that year went on, I actually, like, went through a lot of mental illness issues, I guess. Um, and the way that I've... Not overcome, yeah, I guess the way that I've overcome it over the past few years is really learning my identity is one of the things and knowing wow. who I am as a person and knowing who I am in God and that's what defines me, not all these things I do, but God empowers me to be able to do all of these Very things yeah. instead and that sort of helped me find balance. And then the other side of it is getting practical help as well from a professional and learning tools that I can implement in my life. Um, so for me, like one of, I guess, is one of the basic things I do in order to separate my work life from my personal life is at the end of the day I write a list of things at work that I need to do for the next day and then I leave that on my desk and that's me parking work and then during the day if anything comes up in my because I'm just always thinking if I think about anything in my personal life that needs doing I just have a separate notepad and it goes down on that notepad and then that one comes home with me at the end of the day to come into my personal life so it's just getting it out and I think um, Cassie spoke about that from Isra at the conference as well, just when you've got so many things to do, just put them down and, yeah. you know, it removes it from your mind. And you spoke about as well, like having worry time, so anything you're worried about just coming down onto a piece of paper <laughs> just gets it out of your head and down there. So, yeah. Great. Definitely lots of great tips on there as well. But when you've kind of – maybe it's gone a bit too much and – you alluded to seeking professional help. Like, at what point do you know when to go and do that? Um, I think Dr. Robbie said it well during the conference that when it's impacting your everyday life, when you can't function, like when, for me, it's when I just can't, when I can't do day-to-day -day things, when I'm not able to balance doing my cooking and cleaning, when I don't want to get out of bed in the morning, that it's gone past the point of just being a little bit of stress to maybe being anxiety or maybe being depression. It's just finding that balance. But it also doesn't need to get to that point. Like if you think that, you know, maybe I'm just not coping, you don't have to, there's no magical point, I guess, where you need, you can say, I need help now. It's okay to get help whenever you feel like 
you want help, it's okay to go and talk to your friends about it and see what they think and sort of share things. So, yeah. yeah. Lots of different avenues out there, hey. Yeah. Anyone else? Like, what do you do when it's too much? Where, where do you go then? Um, this definitely happens to me quite a bit and I'm still definitely, definitely working on it. Um, but the moment I realise it is when I get home and the, I guess the family sees the worst side of me, like, uh, and this is, this is the part I'm really working on. Um, but when I have a, I guess, a bad attitude, like, oh, but I'm a bit snippy, I know exactly. I'm like, cool, I am way too stressed or I'm way too, I've done way too much. And that's when I know I'm like, okay, cool, I need to check myself and go, hey, what's going on here? And so that's when I identify it straight away. As soon as I start getting snippy, yeah, yeah, that's when I know. <laughs> yeah. I think, like, what's important as well is kind of uh, mitigating ending up in that situation in the first place. Yeah. So whenever someone comes to me and saying we've got a new role, a new contract, or something that we want your help with or things like that, I ask myself, do I have the time and the energy to do my best work for these people kind of thing? Because it's almost like a selfish thing taking on too much because you're there and you're trying to perform for other people. But if you can't do the best that you can for that person that you're trying yeah. to help out, then, yeah, you really, like, I don't think it's a good thing that you're in that situation in the first place. So, yeah, so if I, if I can't fit that in, like, either time-wise or energy-wise, then, yeah, then taking that on would be becoming too much, essentially. So, yeah. yeah. I know I'm a little bit similar to you, Michael. I get a bit short and my responses aren't usual. And I know when uh, Luke was doing the Hover stuff with frogs, he would just go, are you okay? <laughs> and he'd be like, because that wasn't a normal response that you had back then. And so sometimes it's about those friends and those family that can actually sit down with you and have those honest conversations, hey, and actually go, wait, what's going on? Like, that's not a normal thing. Hey, um, post-conference, I don't know about you guys, but I wrote so many notes um, and was just, Smashing it out. What do you, how do, do you guys, what do you guys do now? Like, how do you, do you go through the notes and do you write a list or what do you do to kind of go, right, this is what my takeaways are going to be from this? How do you, yeah, what's, what's your secrets for conference notes? Who's going to go first? Right, I'll go. Oh, whoa. Well, now we're oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors. Um, over the past, week I guess I've just sort of instead of I've gone through my notes a little bit but more than that I've just sort of spent time reflecting on my way to and from work about what we spoke about at the conference and the things that I've reflected on like there's been some things that have consistently come up for me so I think that they're probably the points in my life that I need to work on the most um, so from there I guess I'll go back to my notes and look over them and then start opening up conversations with people as well to keep myself accountable. Like there's so, like so many of us went to the conference and now we've got this really great space that we can share these things right. with each other and make sure that we keep the conversation going. And I know for me that that's really helpful. So that's yeah. what I'll be doing. Yeah. Colton? Yeah, it's really easy with like conferences, especially one as amazing as this one, to kind of walk away and be like, cool, my life's changed, this is great, I am a new person, I'm transformed, everything's going to be great. And then a week later, it's like, hey, what happened at our conference? And so, yeah, so my, like, kind of goal is just to be intentional about taking that information and realising that if I just take bits of it and realise that this is building my character, yeah. then I will become that person eventually. So, yeah, just really, I would just encourage people to take their time with this stuff. Yeah. You know, like... 
doing things like identifying your external emotions and having control of your actions and how they uh, get shown in, uh, externally, that's not something that you're going to hear and implement in your life. That's going to take, like, could be weeks of work yeah. on your life and stuff like that. So, yeah, so definitely, like, keep those notes around, keep those podcasts, download them and things like that, and just come back to them every now and then and just kind of make them habits, make them part of your character, and don't expect, like, this dramatic change. I mean, if that does happen, great, but, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that probably won't. Yeah. Tom, what's your tips, mate? Um, I just like to, anytime I get a lot of information, just pick two or three things that I can apply to my life and just take those and basically what Colton was saying, take those, be intentional about them. And once I've got them down, we've got the podcast there, we can go back to it and try and find another two or three things that we can apply and just go from there, just starting with the stuff that really sticks out to you and being intentional about actually doing something and setting a goal that you can achieve rather than trying to yeah, download it all at once. And yeah, very good. Mads? Yeah, there was, there was so much and I definitely feel like I didn't... I didn't get to hear everything, um, so like I definitely will be going back. I already did today, and I will be going back and listening to all the podcasts, which I think is something we need to do, but it's right. We need to take time, and all the things that we want to apply to our life, it's building a culture within ourselves, so we can't be too harsh on ourselves, and we can't expect too much from, from ourselves. You know, it takes quality time to build quality people, and we need to take it slow. Um, I think having a husband obviously helps because he was in there and so we get to discuss things a lot or we get to kind of bounce back from each other a lot and Thor and I are very different, um, which makes, makes, you know, the arguments, or not arguments, sorry, the conversations really, really good. The discussions. <laughs> it's not an argument, I swear to God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, we, we have really conversation. <laughs> but then also, like, um, the relationships we built that were new, like, I know that there was only really one breakout that wasn't um, recorded. <laughs> Um, and, you know, I've, you know, I'm like, nah, I wanted to hear that breakout, you know, like, I don't care if it wasn't recorded. So, you know, I'm going to go make a date with that person and hear the breakout. <laughs> like, and, you know, like, actually make those connections and keep growing them because, you know, the people in the panel was, they still live here. And so we can still actually go to them and ask them for more advice or ask them to help us grow. And, like, all those people are so happy to. And even with Israel, like, the stuff they, you know, said, I'm like, how do I apply that to life? How do I apply it to my school? How do I apply that? Like, can I get Israel in? Like, just for my own class, because who cares about everyone else? Because <laughs> they don't want to. Um, you know, but it's just little things like that. Like, we just need to be active, yep. you know, and, and actually make it. And, you know, we want to bring it, like, youth group, like, for our youth, that like, we want to implement all those things, because it's like, it's amazing. Why not? You know, like, God's given us all of that resource, like, for us to grow from. We, we, it would be unwise not to grow from it. Yeah, yeah, totally. MP. Wow. Uh, for me, just because, uh, because of just all the things that I'm doing, it's hard for me to like go, okay, I want three uh, things that I can do. For me, it's personally, I just like one thing. Like, okay, cool. Can I take one thing away from conference and then work on that for the next six months? Like, get that right first. And then from there, let's build on that. Because we have recordings and we can always go back to it. So um, th that was the best thing, is that we actually can go back and listen to it again and again. And again, yeah, have, have some grace for yourself. Like, you can't be perfect at everything. Like, it just, just won't happen. And it's not an overnight thing where, again, like you said, Colton, after the conference, you can't be perfect. Like, you have to start. It's a journey, and you really have to start building on one thing and one step at a time. We go from strength to strength, but that's always one step at a time. So... Um, uh, yeah, that's what I do. So, yeah. cool. Great. Um, hey, a couple of things I do want to share. Uh, one is that uh, Sound Mind Conference came out of this scripture, which is Second Timothy 1 verse 7. It says, God has God not given us a spirit of fear, Amen. 
that are power, love, and of a sound mind. And even throughout the songs today, uh, it was talking about, hey, we are no longer slaves to fear. And, you know, God has really, he is, he loves us so much and there's so much grace for us. And today you might be sitting there going, hey, you know, I'm going through a lot of stuff today. I'm going through so much. You might have gone through losses with family or you might have gone through a lot of things and you're saying, oh, can God really accept me for who I am right now? And the answer is, yes, he can. He really can. He's not looking for a perfect you. He's looking for you. Uh, And so... While we close this, why don't we pray? And I want to give you an opportunity today to say yes to Jesus. If, you, if you're going saying, you know what, I want, to expect, I want to accept God into my life. I want to say yes to God. This is your moment. So let's not miss this. So while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, uh, God is absolute love. And he will remove all pain. He will remove all fear. And we believe that. So if you're here today and you say, Michael, I'm going through so much trauma at the moment. I'm going through so much. I don't know how I can get through this. There's so much fear. There's so much anxiety in my life at the moment. Turn to God. He's there for you at every step of the way. He's there for you. So if that is you today, you say, you know what? I want to give my heart to God. I want to say yes to Jesus. This is a simple thing. If you slip your hand up, I'll see it and you can put it back down. So is there anyone there today? that says, you know what, I want to give my heart to God today. Great. Great. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Is there anyone else? We don't want to miss anyone out. Yeah, I see that hand at the back. Thank you. Why don't we pray? At some point, everyone beside you would have said this prayer, and it's a simple prayer. So why don't you repeat this after me? Father God, I give you my life. Thank you for taking my sins, and thank you for making me whole. In Jesus' name, amen. It's as simple as that. Why don't we give it up for the people that gave their hearts to God? It's so amazing. So, so amazing. God is so good. God is so, so good. And He's ready to just hug you as a father. He's ready to just take you in. And what we're going to do is we're actually going to pray for you guys. Every single person that needs prayer, all our leaders here, we're going to come down and we're going to pray. I'd encourage you to come, whatever it is. As simple as, you know what, I'm looking for a job, Michael. I'd like some prayer. We'd pray for you. Whatever it is, we'll come and pray. The worship team is going to lead us in a song, and we're going to worship God together. But for the people that gave their hearts to God, this is such an amazing, amazing moment in your life. And we want to help you. Uh, And we want to help you in your journey. And we know that this is going to be such an incredible thing. So there's going to be a number on the screen, uh, which is... Uh, I forget the number. Yeah. There it is, zero four double eight eight two six three nine two, And it's simple as this, right? Where you'll get tomorrow morning, if you text yes, tomorrow morning you'll get a short message on your screen. It's so short, but it's amazing. You'll get a scripture and you'll get a little word and a prayer. And it goes for 30 days and you can opt out anytime. The church doesn't, uh, you know, 
give out your details to anyone or anything like that. So it's completely private. And it's just to help you start a journey with God and go, hey, God, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm actually going and going on this journey with you and I actually want to encourage you. So, and again, we have leaders around the church and the host team as well. So if you have any questions about God or the church in general, we'd love to talk to you and get you connected to our connect groups and to really build community. We just don't, we don't want... We don't want to see you just as a person coming to the church. We actually want to build friendships and relationships with you. So I encourage you, get connected and go to connect groups. But right now, we're going to pray for people. And I'm so excited because I know God's going to move and he's ready to move. So why don't we stand, why don't the worship team come up and we're going to start praying. We're going to start worshiping God. And this moment, don't miss this moment. Don't miss this opportunity to get Fred. Don't miss this opportunity to receive from God.